What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Creating Madness. I'm here with my boy, Ethan Carboni. Ethan, what's happening? Not much. I'm excited. We got a great episode, which we've put a total of five hours each into this. We we put 10 hours total into this. Yeah, and it's just, it's, it's going to be a really fun episode. Uh, you know, but before we actually get into that, we got to pay our dues and talk about the guys upstairs, Unwrapped Sports, our lovely sponsor, actually. And to join the Patreon, which you should highly consider joining after this, you can be in one of three tiers. Ethan, tell us about the $1, 5 and $10 tier. Well, starting off, you have the $1, show us you love us, just support whatever, and helps everything goes to the company to build up and give us more equipment, more whatever. $5 here, you get access to a Discord where you can talk to sports fans around the world, along with a few discounts on Unwrapped Merch. And then at the $10 tier, you get access to everything I've already mentioned, plus entrance into a signed giveaway where we've done a Keenan Allen signed jersey, David Montgomery signed jersey. It's been a lot of fun, along with even more discounts, etc. I would highly consider joining those. Me and Ethan have given looks into those. There's a great gambling group chat. You can win a lot of good prizes. And you can also interact with them via their socials, which I would highly recommend following. You know, but speaking of socials, you should actually follow ours as well. And Ethan, please tell us about our Twitter and Instagram. Well, starting off, you have our Insta at underscore creating madness. Check it out. We post anytime there's a new episode. And then we also have a college basketball group chat, which is pretty much active year-round. Obviously, 43 days from this Sunday until college basketball season. You know it's going to get more active from here on out. And then you have at ATR Madness for our Twitter we're going to be getting even more active on that. We're talking about college basketball, at least three posts a day. Mostly me, as of right now, just hyping off the fact that we're almost there. It's an exciting time of year. Yeah, just make sure you DM us, join Instagram group chat. Again, we have people from all around the country just talking about college hoops. It's going to be super fun leading up to the season. And now we've paid our dues. Let's get into the show. So, at this segment in the show for our preseason conference reviews, we're moving into our Sexy Six, a.k.a. the six best mid-major conferences in the country. So starting off today, we have the MAC, Mid-American Conference, and the CUSA, Conference USA. So we're going to be starting off with the Conference USA. And Ethan, please tell us about our team that's projected to finish dead last, the FIU Panthers. But before, actually, before he gets into that real quickly, we're going to be going 14-1 to 1 in terms of teams we think are going to be the best for each conference. So now, Ethan, please tell us about the FIU Panthers. Well, starting off, you're losing your best player, Antonio Day. He averaged 17 points a game and transfers to Fordham. Then you have your next best player. You have Rashad Davis, who's going pro, it seems, overseas. And then you have Eric Lovett, who's the only one of their top three scorers returning. Then you have Demon Carrigan transferring to West Virginia. And then you have Tevin Brewer, who actually is returning this year. It's insane. Yeah, you don't have a – you only have – Two players in your top five that aren't transferring. And you didn't bring in anybody important. So just like that, they're going to do no better than 13. I think John and I project 14 because I feel like that's fair. FIU needs to rebuild. I hate the transfer portal. <sighs> okay. Well, our 13th spot, we have the MTSU Blue Raiders. Uh, this team has their three top scorers returning in Dontrell Schuler, Jordan Davis, and Jalen Jordan. Outside of those three, it starts to get really shaky. Forward Javante Milliner Chris is graduating. Guard Jace Johnson is transferring. And guard Donovan Sims is graduating. Every other person on the team averaged 5.1 points or less. So their roles won't be drastically improved. 
DeAndre Dishman will be their best returning big, and he averaged six and four on horrendous efficiency from the field. Um, outside of their big three guard duo, this team's going to need a lot of work. Yeah, and then moving into number 12, the Charlotte 49ers. You have their leading scorer and NBA draft prospect, Jameer Young. He's returning after getting all the knowledge from the draft scouts, agents, whatever. He's returning. That's great for Charlotte. You're going to have a guy who's a t- on the second or all first conference team and then leaves either to a different school or to the NBA. Because when you have a great player in today's day and age, they're not going to stay in Charlotte unless they're either a Bobcat or a Hornet. Actually, no, that doesn't work out for the NBA either. Never mind. But then you also add Clemson transfer, Clyde Trapp, all right player. We'll see what the former three-star can do. Obviously, you're playing the CUSA, which the lower teams aren't getting a lot of top-tier talent. And then you also add former second-team All-Patriot Conference guard Austin Butler from Holy Cross. And then you lost your second-leading scorer, Jordan Shepard, who averaged 11 points a game to Oklahoma. The transfer portal screwing every single small team over. Very true. Uh, it's really unfortunate to see. Another reason why me and Ethan hate the transfer portal. But moving on to our number 11 team, we have Southern Mississippi. Uh, they have four of their top five scores coming back, along with their best performer, Tyler Stevenson, who put up 14-7 uh, a game last season. Unfortunately for them, Ladarius Drain, the team's best shooter, is leaving to go to Tulsa. Uh, but to make up for this, they added Isaiah Moore, a solid big man who put up nine and five boards last night on really good uh, shooting efficiency, where he shot 57% from the field. Uh, this team finished bottom three in offense last year and top five in defense, so we see a bit of a leap from this team, finishing from 13th, and we see them finishing 11th. Um, and that's really all I have to say about the Southern Mississippi Eagles. Ethan, tell us about UTEP. All right, so they're keeping their top scorer in Suley Boom. He averaged about 19 points a game, four boards, two and a half assists, and one and a half steals almost. Great player, but then you lose your number two option and and Bryson Williams who averaged about 15 points a game. Those are their only two scores that averaged above 10. They keep their three, four, and five scores, but at the same time, they're a top-heavy team. And if you lose that guy that's taking a good chunk of your points, you have to divide that up. So it's going to be tough for them, although they do add former four-star Jabari Sibley. Last year, they scored 71 points a game while allowing 69. It's their team that's going to be in a lot of close games, and they're not going to win a lot of them this year. All right, moving on to another team in Texas. We have the North Texas Green Eagles. Uh, they had a truly phenomenal team last year. Let's just put it that way. Um, but unfortunately this year, that will just not be the case. They're losing three of their top four scorers, including last year's Wonderboy, Javion Amlet. Uh, Thomas Bell will be the only returning player in the top four scorers via his fifth year of eligibility. Uh, he'll also be returning with Marjorie McBride, who is their team's fifth leading scorer, and Ruben Jones uh, to try and retain some of the magic they had last year. Um, in the transfer portal, they got six nine power forward Hamier Wright from Washington, who should take a big role in the front court alongside Bell. Uh, this team is definitely going to be in a rebuilding year, but have this team in the back of your head because they can be back to their former glory in just a few years. All right, moving into another Texas team, number eight Rice. They have a lot of offensive punch coming back with their top five scores coming back. That that's huge. That I don't think I've seen that in a long time of us for the past six episodes with a mid-major having people coming back. Along with them adding two transfers who both averaged 13 points a game in Terrence McBride from Cornell and Cal Pierce from UMass Armstead. 
their team should be extremely talented on the offensive end as they finished top four in offense in their conference. But on defense, they will be god-awful. They finished bottom two in their conference last year in total defense. Only reason we're not ranking them higher is if your top five scores are returning and they weren't that good at defense, they're going to be your starters and six men potentially, maybe even all five starting. It's not going to be a great team. Very true. Uh, we take defense into heavy account almost as much as offense here at Creating Madness. So, you know, Rice is going to have a really, really good team on offense here next year. Potentially the best offensive team in the conference, but they're not going to get it done defense. We know this. So that's the only reason why they're not high enough. Uh, but for number seven, we have the FAU Owls. The Owls of the FAU are returning two out of the top three options from last season. Uh, top option, Mike Forrest was returning, but number two, Jalen Ingram is leaving to the transfer portal. Awesome. The number three option, Carlos Sillins, is going to help their team regain their top spot as a top six defense in the league with a 6'11 presence in the paint. Also putting up double digit scoring once again, where he averaged 11 points per game last season. Uh, they also have Brian Greenley returning, who averaged 10 points per game last season on really good efficiency, where he shot 42% from the field and 44% from three. Wow. Um, outside of Forrest, Salins, and Greenlee, this team is going to have a lot of new faces. Um, so we'll see whether those three can lead FAU into the top six or not, because outside of those three, it's looking extremely shaky. But moving into our top six, Ethan. All right. Tell us about our next team. Yep, number six, you got Old Dominion. I don't think anyone's ever heard Old Dominion be talked about for basketball, or at least – not since I've been following college basketball heavily within the past five years. So let's start off with you have Malik Curry, 16 points per game, gone. Joe Reese, about eight points a game, gone. Xavier Green, seven points a game, gone. You just lost a lot of scores, but you still return Kalu Isipe, who averaged 10.3 points a game, and he had the team high of 6.7 rebounds a game. You also keep A.J. Oliver who averaged nearly 10 points a game, and you also keep Austin Trice, who averaged nearly nine. Those three guys are going to have to step up to the point of averaging double digits. As for Ezeke, or Ezeke, I cannot pronounce that, I'm sorry, uh, probably has to average about 15. They bring in Charles Smith the fourth, a uh, transfer from SMU, knockdown shooter, 6'5", averaged five points a game last year. He's going to have to have a big role either off the bench or sneak his wins at the starting lineup. The, all the seniors are going to have to have huge games every night, and they have to be very efficient from the perimeter for this team to at least compete for a top four seed in the conference tournament. And for that review, for our next team, we have number five. <clears throat> Sorry, the UTSA Roadrunners. Uh, the Roadrunners uh, are going to be missing Jivian Jackson and Keaton Wallace, who dominated this team offensively. Uh, but now the question is whether these former role players are capable of stepping into way larger roles in the offensive end. Jacob Germany is a great place to start. The 6'11 junior averaged 10.3 points per game, six boards a night, uh, and 1.2 blocks per game in just 21 minutes of play last season. You give him 30 minutes a game next season as a senior, he could be averaging 15 10. You have no idea, maybe even three blocks. Uh, he is efficient on the offensive end and is a superb piece to build around defensively. Cedric Allen is a 6'6 forward who can score by attacking the basket or knocking down the long ball. Uh, Jordan Ivey, Curry, 
is a big-time scorer in high school. He averaged 10.2 points per game as a freshman at UTSA last season. He will get a lot more shooting opportunities now with the departure of Jackson and Wallace. Darius McNeil spent some time at Cal and SMU before transferring to UTSA. He also went to Westlake High School, which is not too far from my house in Austin. Um, at Cal, he was a double-digit scorer highlighted by his 11.3 point and 2.2 assists per game season at Cal in 2017 for 2018. Um a couple junior transfers, including Alu Alu, who I saw play every night when I was a student at Stephen F. Austin High School, will add some more depth to this roster uh, and give Coach Henson enough options to remain competitive in the Conference USA. You know a lot of these kids. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, in the last, in the past two episodes, we talked about a lot of kids from Austin, so that's just kind of a weird fun fact. Yeah, moving into number four, you have the Marshall Bison. Starting off, you have two key losses with Jared West, 12.5 points a game, transferring to Louisville. Then you also have Jensen Williams, 9.4 points per game, leaving as well. But you do keep a key player in Tavion Kinsley, who averaged 19.5 points a game. This kid's going pro once he graduates. I'm telling you that right now. And then you also have Andrew Taylor, 12 points a game. He's going to have to take over the point guard duties because – as I mentioned before, West is gone. He had four assists and six rebounds a game. And then you also had seniors Mikel Byers and Darius George on the front court who are going to have to anchor this team and carry it all the way through. All right, moving on to our number four team. Or, sorry, moving on to our number, ah, number three team. We have the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs. Uh, before we even talk about the rest of the team, let's just go over one player. Reigning CUSA Freshman of the Year, Kenneth Lofton. Lofton is coming off a season in which he led the Bulldogs with 12.1 points per game and 7.5 rebounds. Again, as a freshman, just had to reiterate that. Um, the 6-7 forward shot 57% from the floor and was very efficient in the paint. Uh, with a little more work on his free throw shooting where he did not shoot that well, uh, Lofton will turn into one of the most dangerous scorers in the conference only as a sophomore. Fellow starting forward, Isaiah Crawford added 12 points per game, five rebounds per night, uh, and connected on 38% of his three-point attempts. Uh, this one-two punch could give defense a serious problems if the team focuses on Crawford too much. Lofton meets in the paint. But if you double Lofton, you'll be leaving a marksman and Crawford open. Uh, Amori Archibald and Kobe Williams are capable outside shooters as well, but they will miss their top shooter, Caleb Ladeau. Um, Archibald and Williams are both good passers and combined to dish out six assists per night last season. A trio of transfers will help fill in around the four years the four returning starters. Keaton Willis is the most experienced of the bunch. The guard was a two-year starter at Incarnate Word and averaged 19 points per game, five rebounds, and two assists last season. Uh, he will pick up the shooting slack where Ladeau's departure it will be felt. Uh, David Green spent last season at Hofstra. We started eight games, and LaDamian Bradford played 14 games as a freshman at Texas A&M. Those transfers and a few other freshmen highlighted by point guard Caleb Stewart We'll give Louisiana Tech enough options to remain competitive in the Conference USA, and you reach 20 wins yet again. All right, moving into Western Kentucky. You lost NBA prospect player whatever Charles Bassey. You lose Tavion Hollingsworth, another 14 points per game score, while Bassey was at 17 and a half. Losing Bassey is a huge pain for Western Kentucky. But at the same thing, they have a top, 50 prospect and Zion Harmon coming in. You have Keith Williams who averaged 14.3 points a game coming in. And then you have Josh Anderson, Luke Frampton, and Davion McKnight 
averaging all above six points a game, respectively. And those three are going to be the key senior leaders in the backcourt who are going to kill it. And overall, this team is going to have to really rely on their new players. So it's going to all be about chemistry for this team. John? All right. At our number one spot, we have the UAB Golden Blazers from Birmingham, Alabama. The Blazers are returning their top three scorers from a really good team last season. Michael Ertl led the way with 13 points per game last season. Tevin Levan was right behind him at 12. Uh, Levan also dished out a team high at 12.3 assists. And Quan Jackson started 18 games and added 12.8, or sorry, 10.8 points, 5.3 rebounds, a team high 2.1 steals. Uh, this backcourt lacks three-point shooting, uh, but they're a group that can soar around the basket and play some great defense. The Blazers needed to get a shooter at the backcourt, uh, but instead they got four. <laughs> um... Justin Brown started South Florida for three and a half seasons and hit over one and a half threes per night with the Bulls. Uh, Jamal Johnson was an even more prolific scorer from behind the arc at Auburn. Uh, and Tyreek Lokier had a breakout sophomore season at South Alabama, where he averaged 14 points per game, five rebounds, and three point assists in the 2020 and 2021 season. Jordan Walker comes from Tulane, where he averaged 13 points a night and three and a half assists last season. And Trey Jemison is also coming back, who's a big seven footer who led UAB. With six and with seven rebounds per night and two blocks, Ronald e. Gordon showed flashes and looked for a larger role in 2021. He will have to compete with KJ Buffin and Josh LeBlanc for minutes, though. Buffin comes from Ole Miss, where he had his most productive season in 2019 2020, where he averaged 10.1 points and six rebounds. LeBlanc had a great freshman season at Georgetown and spent last year coming off the bench at LSU. UAB had a massive amount of, has a massive amount of experience, and they also have a massive amount of high quality talent coming in from the transfer portal. This team gelling together with all the new recruits will probably lead to some early season losses, but by March, this team should be the best team in the conference. All right. Moving into the conference overall, MVP. I think we both decided Jameer Young for Charlotte. He's just too good. All he has to do is lead his team to a 500 record and average those 20 points, get a couple assists, a couple boards, maybe a steal or two. He's easily the MVP for this conference freshman of the year. Zion Harmon, that's like the obvious pick, and it's obvious for a reason. And then you have Will Allen from Louisiana Tech, who I think could compete, but obviously Zion Harmon is Zion Harmon. Allen averaged a solid 24 points a game and 15 boards as a 6'7 center in high school. He'll move to power forward for Louisiana Tech, though. And then as for Depoy, Trey Jemison from UAB, near 7-foot center. Gets a couple blocks a game, grabs the rebounds, gets steals, very efficient on defense, and coach of the year, Andy Kennedy for the UAB Blazers. All right, sounds good. A lot of UAB. Um, but moving on to our next conference, we have the Mid-American Conference, a.k.a. the MAC. Um, and I'll actually be taking the reins for the first one. We'll be talking about the NIU Huskies. Uh, for the team we think will finish dead last, once again, we have the NIU Huskies from last season. Uh, the Huskies star Tyler Cochran hopped in the transfer portal, decided to play at Ball State, while Darius Bean transferred to Cal State Northridge. This team will need Trenton Hankerson to step up even more on the offensive end. The rising senior last year averaged 14 points per game on good efficiency, but outside of Hankerson, not one player averaged more than seven points per game, so they needed some help in the transfer portal. They added former three-stars Chris Austin from Arizona State and Martrice Mitchell from Minnesota. Uh, this team overall is still completely rebuilding, and they can't let their players go to the transfer portal if they ever want to move out of dead last. All right, 
moving to number 11, Central Michigan. They parted ways with their head coach, and they bring in Tony Barbie. But before I even talk about their team, their non-conference this year is insane. You have Gonzaga, Kentucky, Missouri, and DePaul. Any Power 5 team would hate to play those four teams in the beginning. And then you make one of the worst teams in the MAC do it? That's kind of scary. You have their leading scorer going to North Macedonia to play ball. And then you have a solid 12 new players coming in. You have only four of them are freshmen. Eight are transfers. And then you only have four players that are still on this roster from last year. You have Ralph Bisanthi, Audrey Polk, who was a member of the 2021 Mid-American Conference All-Freshman Team. And then you also have Caleb Hodson, and you also have their walk-on guard, Dylan Jurgens. So not much returning. All right, moving on to our number eight team, we have the Western Michigan. Sorry, we have Western Michigan. Um, Western Michigan has rising juniors. That's his, that's his actual name. It's it's B. I don't I don't know what else to say. Um, if I got that wrong, don't crucify me. Um, and Titus Wright Center uh, to help this team improve from last year. White averaged 14 points per game, led the team in steals, while Wright helped out the team in the interior presence on his defense and led the team in blocks. Outside of these three guys from last year, no one on the team averaged more than six points per game, so they needed some help for the transfer portal. They received shooting guard Max Smith from Eastern Illinois, who averaged 13 points per game with his four years at Eastern Michigan, um, and they also received a few other low-scoring forwards and guards from schools like Butler, Valparaiso, and Duquesne. This team has two high-scoring guards and a big man as of right now. If they can get a few forwards to have them play well, this team could actually make some noise in the MAC. All right, moving into Eastern Michigan. You have a new head coach in Stance Heath. You have a former – who was a former player for them. So now he's going to have to drag this Eastern Michigan team from the depths of the MAC and scratch and claw their way into potentially a tournament spot. That's not going to happen this year. You have Bryce McBride, who's a rising senior, averaged 14 a night last year, led the team in assists. He's going to help lead this team on offense. And you also have Drew Louder, who averaged eight and a half points a game last year. But outside of those two, they don't have much. They have a former four-star, Noah Farkin, from East Carolina. So when someone from East Carolina is transferring out, that's not necessarily a good sign. So we'll see if they can make anything of him. Noah Farkin could be a story for next season. That guy's just it's – it's been a rough ride for him ever since the end of high school. But moving on to our next team, we have the Ball State Eagles. Um – their leading scorer is returning, 16.4 point-per-game score. K.J. Walton um, also not, will not be returning, though, as he transfers to rival Akron. 16.2-game uh, score, LMN. Uh, Ishmael, sorry, Ishmael LMN is returning, is not returning, is transferring to Rhode Island. And 13-point-per-game score, Jerron Coleman is transferring to Mizzou. Um, they do receive Demarius Jacobs, who received five – who. Averaged 5.2 points per game and 2.1 rebounds for St. Louis. And they added Tyler Cochran from NIU, who averaged 15.5 points per game, 7.3 rebounds, and 1.7 steals. Uh, to sum up this team in two words, transfer portal. They've had their three of their four top scorers leaving, and this team's going to have to do a lot of rebuilding on offense. We still think this team has a really good shot at being towards the top of the bottom half of the conference, if that makes sense. 
but outside of that, this team hasn't does have much going for them. But moving in, oh sorry, we have number seven. Sorry, Ethan, tell us about Kent State. I mean, damn. I mean, I guess Kent State. I know they were gonna fall off this year. I didn't know we were gonna completely skip them there, John. Yeah. But you have Terrell Beck returning, as well as Malik Jacobs. And then you have Pippen and Nuga leaving. So those are their top four players. They're keeping two of their top four, and Terrell Beck and Malik Jacobs. But with Pippen and Nuga leaving, that's half of their points. They lost their two top scores. Those two are nearly 37. When you're losing almost half your points from two guys, that's a problem. They're going to flop after last year's top four finish. Yep. Uh, moving into our number six team, we have Miami of Ohio. Um, with Sil Bandy gone, their best player, uh, Miami returns four of their best players who average between 8.1 points per game and 9.5 points per game. Uh, the best of the bunch is Day-Day Grant. Yes, his name is Day-Day. Um, as a freshman last season, he averaged 9.3 points per game and showed plenty of potential to develop into a big-time scoring threat. If he starts knocking down three-pointers more consistently, Grant will be in for a big sophomore season. Isaiah Coleman lands. Uh, sorry, Isaiah Coleman lands will likely have the most prolific outside shooting performance after connecting on a team high 60 long balls next season. Last season, everyone else on the roster is at least a threat to shoot from outside that can make Miami very difficult to defend. The big man who can stretch the defense is Delonte Brown, who averaged 9.5 points per game, 5.2 rebounds as a junior. Junior Makai Larry will be in charge of getting all the shooters of the ball after tallying 2.5 assists in 2019-2020. This backcourt is young, uh, but should be in good shape. Uh, the key for the Red Hawks will be getting help for Brown in the front court. Elijah Na- McNamara has some experience, uh, and Coach Owen's group of newcomers will add in a lot of options. Uh, most ready to contribute right away is Oakland transfer James Beck. Uh, he did not make a huge impact, but Beck can be an experienced rebounder for Miami. If those newcomers can be productive, the Miami backcourt should be able to do enough to get the team on the cusp of another postseason berth. All right. Moving into Akron. They are losing Lauren Jackson, who is probably one of my favorite, was our first interview on the show. He averaged 22 points a game last year. That's going to hurt a lot. Although they do return the other four starters on that team, but Brian Trimble is the only one to average double digits last year. You have Enrique Freeman, Ali Ali, and Mashi Daly, who return, and they all started around 18 or 19 games last year, or if not more. The Zips also get at least four huge bench players who played in 15-plus games last year. You have Aziz Bandigo, who only saw action in seven games. He's a seven-foot player, though. Seven-footers in the max dominant. It's a guard-led league, but if you have a dominant big man, you are set. You have top 300 recruit Nate Johnson coming in, along with K.J. Walton, who's entering his seventh year in the NCAA at his third school. Good Lord. Yep. And then you also have Xavier Castaneda, who played the last three years at USF. He averaged 8.5 points and 2.6 assists. Very solid player. It's just going to be this team has to replace Lauren Jackson. Moving All right. Four. Yep. Moving into our number four team with the Bowling Green Eagles. Um, even without Turner, uh, their team's best player, BGSU has proven 
has three proven scorers on the roster who averaged double digits in the scoring column last season. Um, Daquan Plowden has started for the Falcons for three years now. He tallies 13.4 points per game and a seven high, and a team high 7.8 rebounds per game last season. Uh, the six six wing is obviously a tough rebounder, but he's developing into a dangerous outside shooter as well. Trey Diggs, another very experienced six six wing, led the team with 55 made three pointers last season. And Caden Matheny added in 12.2 points per game, 1.9 assists. He's also a dangerous shooter. Uh, with those three providing Bowling Green with three proven scores, Bowling Green just needs a point guard and a center. The center position was manned by Dylan Swingle last season, uh, but will be again 21-2022. And Caleb Fields was a starter from last season too, where he averaged 6.9 points per game and 2.2 assists. He will be asked to take over more point guard duties this year, but Coach Michael Huger has also brought in five Division One transfers and welcomes the return of Matisse Kluvi-Kalavitis, um, who missed last season with an injury. Uh, the headline, maybe that Turner is gone, but this is a deep experience Bowling Green team that will make a lot of noise in the Mac. Yep. Uh, just a quick shout out to Justin Turner. Spurs G League. Very fun player to interview. But moving in to number three, you got the Toledo Rockets. They have Ryan Hollins, who has to be the new leader of the backcourt, especially because Marion Jackson and Spencer Littleson is gone. He led them for players coming back with 13.7 points, five boards, 2.5 assists, and 1.1 steals. But he only played in 10 games because he kind of suffered a season-ending injury after 10 games. Then you also have EJ Farmer, who is going to be set in as that small forward shooting guard role. And overall, they have their backcourt solid. It's Toledo. Toledo is a high-scoring, high-paced team. Then you have A.J. Adu, who was named to the All-Conference MAC team back in 2018-2019. He's going to be the rare man in the middle. Overall, this team has a lot of returning people, along with a few iffy transfers. The only one that I know that could be an actual threat would be Ray J. Dennis from Boise State. Overall, Toledo's a good team, but it's going to be tough year for a lot of these MAC teams because there's a lot of competition in the top seven eight teams. All right, moving on to our number two team in the MAC, we have Ohio. Uh, losing Jason Preston to the Los Angeles Clippers really hurts. Uh, but Coach Jeff Bowles returns four other double-digit scores: the front court trio of Dwight Wilson, Ben Vanderplas, and Ben Roderick will start. Uh, sorry, we'll, we'll start to take over the headlines. Wilson tallied 15 points per game at a team high eight rebounds per game. Vanderplas is the big man who can stretch his defense with outside shooting ability. The 6'8 senior also averaged four assists per game. Broderick is a six foot five small forward who is dangerous when it comes to shooting the ball and attacking the basket. London McDay averaged 10.2 position. While those four double-digit scores are important, it is the play of sophomore Mark's years that can make the biggest difference for Ohio this year. He tallied nine points per game and three assists per game in less than 20 minutes per game last season. And now we'll be asked to take over the point guard duties from Preston. Obviously, he does not need to be Jason Preston, but Sears will need to take care of the ball instead of his teammates. The Bobcats also welcome back Jason Carter, who spent three seasons with the Bobcats before spending the last year with Xavier. During his last year with Ohio in 2018-2019, he averaged 16.5 points per game and 6.7 rebounds. Kind of weird how he's returning to Ohio, but that's all right. Moving into our number one team, Ethan, please tell us about 
Buffalo. Buffalo. You have G. Nathan Williams, and then you also have Josh Mbala. This is the best duo in all of the MAC, with G. Nathan Williams averaging 17.5 points a game, nearly seven boards, and nearly 2.5 assists. Josh Mbala was the MAC depoy last year, averaged 15 points, nearly 11 boards, and 1.5 steals. Those two players right there, that should be enough to win the MAC. But then you add in LaQuill Hardnett, who is the He's the guy that you need on a team for everything except the stat sheet. Although he did pretty much, he was the lockdown defender without the steals. Put it like that. That's how I would describe him. And you also have Ronaldo Segu, who averaged 13 points a game and 4.3 assists. He's their point guard. He's going to be that guy. And overall, this Buffalo team, having those four players, that should be enough. And then you add in Ty Perry a transfer from Fordham, and then you had Macchio Jack, a transfer from George Washington. Buffalo's team has been set since day one, and then you add those transfers. It's Buffalo's conference to lose. All right. Well, that wraps up the team summaries. Uh, real quickly, we have our MVP projection in Jonathan Williams. We just talked about a Buffalo. Uh, this guy averaged – 18 and 9 last season, and we'll probably be putting out more with the departure of Javon Graves. Um, our freshman of the year, AJ Clayton from Ohio. Uh, he's going to be looking to fill in the shooting guard position for the Bobcats, and it's going to be a really nice piece to have on the bench. Our defensive player of the year, Josh Mbala. He's looking to repeat as he was one of the best shot blockers and overall one-on-one defenders that this conference has ever seen. And our coach of the year, repeat winner, Jim Whitesell. Whitesell is going to lead Buffalo to another great finish in the conference and help Buffalo try to get an even higher spot placement. Uh, sorry, try to get the Mac an even higher uh, seed placement in the NCAA tournament. But with that being said, this wraps up our episode. Um, this is our first one of these types of episodes, two conferences in an episode with really detailed review. So definitely be a little different next week, but thank you for sticking with us. Uh, while we go through this trial episode, um, Again, make sure if you liked this episode and you're still here, please check out our socials, especially Instagram. Uh, we have a really fun college basketball group chat for you to join if you're into that. But, Ethan, do you have anything else before we wrap up? No, that was a great episode, and we will see you on Saturday. Yep, see y'all later.